Molly Mall was detained and released for alleged human trafficking and exotic animals. Chow, when I saw the headline, I said, Lord, what's going on here? Lord, please don't let it be that this man is really found to be dead ass guilty, caught red handed human trafficking, right? Because being a pet lover and a member of PETA, I know that exotic animals can be dangerous, and I'll share my thoughts on that in a minute. But the first charge or the allegations that really caught me was human trafficking because I'm like, no, you know, escandalo. You know, like, we don't need another. I mean, I think we're still trying to process everything that's going on since January. You know, there's been a lot going on in the news. So when I clicked the link and I read the story, I was extremely relieved to find out that they didn't find any evidence of human trafficking. I'm like, shoo, that was close. You know what I'm saying? For him and just for the public. Like, please, we we can't take another one. Lord knows I got to go check my blood pressure soon because the way I've been going off and just, you know, getting all inflamed about some of these stories, I couldn't take another one. And so when I think about this, yo, the first thing that came to mind is, you know, I I blame Michael Jackson for this. You know, I blame I blame Michael Jackson. I blame Michael Jackson and I blame Bubbles the Chimp. Okay, because if it wasn't for Michael carrying on and it's nothing wrong with what Michael did. But y'all be lying if y'all said y'all didn't see Michael uh, with Bubbles. And then when they did like those documentaries on Neverland, when he used to show us, I think the nigga had a whole giraffe. You know what I'm saying? And shit like that. That You know, when you're an animal lover, and you know Michael was an animal lover, right? You, you, I'm the type of person, I got a dog, but I be watching shit like Planet Earth and, um, you know, and, and not just Planet Earth, but the, the, the Wild Kingdom stuff, like with the animals, and I be getting my life, and I just fall in love. Like, I just be like, oh, my God, if I could find one of some of these animals, especially when they're all cute and tiny, there's something about you that just wants to, I want one. I want one. I want one. Like, I'm looking at Sway Lee. Which they took a spider monkey out of his house. And if any of you have been following Sway Lee on social media, he put up a lot of pictures with him and this absolutely adorable spider monkey that he would put in diapers. They have a picture of him like feeding him like a banana. And Sway Lee loves the monkey and the monkey loves Sway Lee. As a matter of fact, I think he had two. Um, I don't know if he still had two. They have pictures of him feeding the, you know, feeding them out of the bottles, two, two at the same time. It's very touching. You know, pictures of him kissing the fucking spider monkey. Mm, bitch, I'd have been kissing all the spider monkey too. And <clears throat> I feel like I know for a fact that Sway Lee is hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because when you have your animals, whether you're allowed to have them or not, you know what I'm saying? You grow attached to them. And I'm sure the animals grew attached to him as well because he took pictures of them literally sitting on his back laughing like they taking over the whole house type stuff. So I feel like at first, of course, you want to be like, no, they're not supposed to be there and all this other stuff. But at the same time, like I'd be lying if I said that if I didn't see even on social media around the world, there are people who have, I mean, because their countries are different, the laws are different there. There are people who have kimono dragons as pets that they dead ass found in the wild and they bring it home. And the kimono dragon, they'll bathe it and everything, <clears throat> you know, rub it down and give it little massages. And the kimono dragon is responding like, oh, I love my human, you know, because human, you know. Humans and mankind and animals, you know, those who love animals, it's like a bond. You know, you bond it with nature, so to speak. There's people who have exotic pets, um, even here in the United States. I just read an article that said, uh, I think in 2014, 19.4 million houses in America had exotic pets because there are states that do allow you to have them. Apparently, it seems as if um, Encino, California, where he's at, according to one of the officials, you can have one. It's just that you need certain permits and cages in order to have them. And so that was the problem. So I know that they took out of his house 
a serval cat, which is from Africa. And they took that spider monkey from Swaley. And after I'm looking at the pictures, I'm like, oh, poor Sway. You know, because they just, I don't know. And the other person I blame for this is um, Tony Montana, man. Tony Montana in the movie Scarface. You know who I'm talking about. This nigga had all kind of exotic shit. I don't know. After a while, there's something about, like, people wanting to collect exotic pets. If I could collect exotic pets, I couldn't imagine what the hell I would have up in my house. I ain't even going to lie. But the truth of the matter is, is there a danger in having some some exotic pets? Yeah. I don't see the danger in a serval cat, though. Because they say the serval cats only grow to be, like, three feet long, and they weigh about 40 pounds, right? Which, according to um, Molly Mall's lawyer, y'all should know that they're saying that he has papers, like legit papers from Nevada about the cat and how he got the cat or something like that. So there's a good chance that he might get the cat back, which I'm sure <clears throat> he would be happy because like I said, it's still your pet, even whether you're supposed to have it or not. You know what I'm saying? I think it's really still like a hard situation for the both of them. Now, the reason that they were getting investigated is because uh, six months ago, the public or someone from the public happened to tip off the wildlife people like they usually do when they see people posting on social media. I'm telling you, social media is going to be the downfall of a lot of people <clears throat> because a lot of people just want to be seen. Look at Cardi. I could use her as an example. Um, people want to be seen. She want to be seen talking. She want to be heard talking or whatever. And look, it just um, kind of backfired on her. And then now you have the situation where you're just, I guess you could say you think you're just innocently posting a picture of you and your beloved exotic animal but you know there's people out there that's going to report you but i still feel like the person who reported them or reported um molly mall is somebody that he probably know who's a hater right because why would they throw human trafficking up in that shit that just makes absolutely no sense to me like that's somebody that probably said <clears throat> maybe they thought the exotic animals accusation wouldn't be enough but i think that's really odd that somebody threw in that uh that um, human trafficking thing. I just feel like somebody snitched. It's just, it's just like somehow, sometimes people get CPS called on them and they ain't doing shit to their kids. There's a lot of miserable people out there that just be like, well, I'm gonna call CPS. And, and then, you know, CPS has to come around and investigate. Nine out of 10, if the um, social worker have sense, you know, they'll be like, you know, this was a false um, complaint against you and then they'll just drop the charges. You know what I'm saying? But there are people out there that'll just sit there and raise red flags. So I'm like, damn. I feel, I mean, I'm conflicted. I know here in Brooklyn, many years ago, there was this guy who lived in a, an apartment building and he had managed to find a baby lion, a baby cub. When he found the cub, it was young. And I think he was either working at the airport or he, he's somewhere in a zoo. I don't know, wherever the hell he was at, he was able to get access to it. And he took it home to his very small Brooklyn apartment. And of course, it grew. And when it grew, it became to the point where I think he couldn't even feed it as much as he wanted to. They said that he was feeding it pizza. I mean, some people can't care for the animal. Let's just be honest, you know. And not only that, it's a lion. And then it got to the point where I guess the lion is hungry or not happy because at the end of the day, it's, it's in a tight-ass apartment. I'm sure we all know that they should be in the wild. I don't believe in animals being in the zoo, y'all. I don't believe in aquarium and I don't believe in the zoo because I feel like after watching the movie Madagascar, stop, stop laughing, stop laughing. I, I, listen, Madagascar 1 and 2 is my movie, and they gave those animals a voice in that movie, and you could pretty much tell that the ones that were taken from Africa, because that's where Madagascar is, and brought to the city, because the first one they were brought to the city, these, these animals don't have natural instinctive survival skills that they would adopt in their normal um, habitats, habitat, okay? So pretty much 
the Madagascar, <clears throat> what do you call it, uh, taken over to New York City. Remember in the movie, somehow they got lost in a shipment and they ended up back in Africa. And then the real lions was like, you ain't a fucking real lion. You some showboat ass lion. But my point is they don't never, I don't care how much space you give a fucking whale. Not a whale, a dolphin or whatever, or whatever the fuck they show at SeaWorld. I don't care because at the end of the day, it's not the same environment. It's like a artificial environment. So I don't believe in that kind of stuff. But back to this guy in Brooklyn, <clears throat> the way he got caught is he locked the damn lion in the bathroom because he couldn't manage it no more. Again, he, the lion is stressed out. It doesn't get walked. It's not eating grass. The diet is terrible. It's not happy. So he started to chain the shit, and not chain it, but lock it up in the bathroom and put shit in front of the door to barricade it. Now, the people who lived underneath him noticed one day that there was a large puddle in the ceiling, like it was like a wet mark. But then from the wet mark, it just started to drip and drip and drip and drip. So naturally, they called the super or the landlord to report it to say, well, you know, something's leaking in the apartment. So when they came to check it out, they realized it's coming from the, obviously, the apartment upstairs, and they went to go knock on the door to investigate. Now, they specifically said, we need to get in the bathroom, because they pinpointed that the area is coming from the bathroom. <clears throat> he wouldn't let them in. They had to go get the police. The police made their way in to um, allow the landlord and the super to check the property, because, he, he, you know, you're the, you're the tenant, but at the same time, he does have a right to come in. They found the fucking lion. What was causing the puddle? The lion had been urinating without stop and without care or anybody cleaning it up for the longest time. And the urine started to seep through the floor, you know, in, into the material, I guess, like that would be uh, the ceiling over the apartment below. And what, that stuff that was dripping, that smelled, it was literally lion urine. So he got charged <laughs> and he got locked up. But when I think about a spider monkey, because there are people who have um, chimpanzees and, can, and are allowed to have them as long as they have permits and, and the proper caging, I don't think, I, they're so cute and tiny, I'm like, shit, I want one, I remember I was watching Planet of the Apes, it, was, it wasn't one of those old ones, it was the recent one, remember the one where um, he took, he was able to take the little, uh, the ape home, the little baby ape, I, I can't remember what he called them, but then the baby ape grew up, and he fell in love with it, I'm like, yeah, so, so basically, if it's like for a science project, you could take the shit home and feed it baby bottles and shit, and put diapers on it, Sway Lee gets a fucking spider monkey, and everybody's up in arms, I want a spider monkey, bitch, I don't know what I'd have to do to get one, you know, I don't even know if New York State would let me have one, but <clears throat> that's it. So let me see. Yeah, I mean, that's all I wanted to say about that. So now I want to move on to the... <sighs> oh, actually, before I move on to the Jesse Smollett case. No, I'm going straight to the Jesse Smollett case. Jesse Smollett's deadline to pay that 130k is approaching. Actually, the deadline is today. Right. And the city is asking them to pay that money back for the investigated costs that they wasted trying to um, basically chase false leads after him following the false police report. The letter was dated for March 28th and seven days from that date would be today. Now, I saw a news article that said that um, the police didn't specify if what would happen if he didn't respond. But I'm like, that's a damn lie because I got a copy of the letter and I read it out loud here on Chapel's Quanta and had a great laugh about it. And it was very clear that um, they was going to go, you know, full force and full force throttle at the nigga if he didn't pay. So let's see if Jesse pays because they say that if he doesn't pay, non-payment will likely, I guess you could say, prompt the city to sue him. At that point, they'll be able to take him to civil court for the money. And in a civil trial, believe it or not, the standards for providing um, the standards of the burden of proof, you know how in a criminal 
trial investigation, you, the um, prosecution has to come up with a burden of proof, and then the defense's job is pretty much to poke holes in it as much as they can to get the client off. So in the civil case, though, you don't need that much burden of proof. And believe it or not, in a civil case, a lot of that investigation stuff that they did, a lot of that evidence that they found will actually be brought up. It would have to be because there's a, there's a um, phase called discovery. There's a discovery phase where everything has to come out. So it's like whether you want to or not, it's like you're you're mandated by the court to release certain documents and stuff for the sake of the civil trial. This wouldn't have anything to do, I guess, with Jesse's case that's already sealed. But at the same time, they would be able to access a lot of that information just for the purposes of that. And then obviously, if they prove that he was lying, which I'm pretty sure that the um, police department would be able to prove that, then, you know. You know, it just it would, one. I feel, in my opinion, it would make you look bad because how the hell would they have gotten the judgment for that? You know, and two. You know, so now look, <sighs> Mayor Elect Lori Lightfoot, who I believe they're saying is the first, um, not only I believe black woman, but she's also the first member of the LGBTQ community to take the stand, which is very interesting because now that Rahm Emanuel is stepping down and she's won, she's going to be sworn in on May 20th. They're saying that the mayor-elect could reverse any legal action, whatever one she wants, as soon as she's uh, sworn in on May 20th. And from what I could see, she's saying that she wants to uh, reopen the case. Or she's that he deserves something about what's coming to him. So let's see. Because, you know, with politicians and people, they say a lot of stuff to get the ball rolling. But I feel like if she want to start off on a good foot with the people of Chicago and this nation, especially if she wants to set herself apart as a Kim Fox, especially if she really came in here to do what she says she want to do. Oh, and especially if she wants, like, the, um, I guess, if you care about the, the support and the respect of the Fraternal Order of Police of Chicago and all of that, then, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how that would hurt her in any kind of way. She could choose to ignore it, too, though, and not reverse anything. And, I mean, you know, what are we going to do then but wait for Scully and Mulder to finish their investigation on her? Her is Kim Fox. Now, Kim Fox is under a lot of heat because the police have taken a no-confidence stand against her. No confidence um, meaning like she's pretty much unethical and immoral, and they're calling for her to step down. So this is the Northern Suburban Chiefs of Police, the South Suburban Chief of Police, and the West Suburban Chiefs of Police. I'm like, well, hell, where the fuck is the East Suburban Chief of Police? What, they, they y'all ain't got one, or these niggas just ain't what, they in cahoots with her? Okay, so the no confidence letter was sent to Fox, pretty much ripping her to shreds. They don't give a fuck. Like, they're asking her to resign at this point. They want Kim Fox to resign. If I was Kim, in all honesty, I would. I would resign. But then at the same time, I really don't know what kind of tricks this bitch got up her sleeve when you connected to people like uh, Michelle Obama's aide, Tina Shen. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson do not have the best reputations. And, you know, I, I certainly, anytime I see them come around, especially Al Sharpton, I always call shady shit is going on. But who knows? Like, I don't want to see Kim Fox get off of this. If she had to resign, then she had to resign. Because I said in a previous episode, uh, you can't, you, how you get yourself after all that hard work and maybe manipulation, who knows who you know, but how you get yourself to be the first black female Cook County state attorney and then risk all of that for, I guess you could say, a friend of the family. And I'm laughing at her a little bit because she's like dummy of the year. Another one, you know what I'm saying, along with Cardi and Jesse. Because um, I really think she thought that 
this would this would just get swept under the rug. But as far as the Smollett's go, it's like, yeah, we got what we wanted out of you as far as Jesse being able to get his stuff sealed and the shit being dropped. But now, look, bitch, the spotlight's on your ass now. They're not saying they're not clowning Jesse because, hell, even Tracy Morgan was just on TV clowning Jesse. And I respect Tracy Morgan to the utmost because he's a real dude. He's a real dude, you know, at least when he got into his um, damn near life ending uh, truck accident where he lost a really good friend, I think, or a manager on board. And remember, he had to fight really hard to uh, and rehab to recover and just become back to the normal man that he was. And thank God. But I know for a fact that I had a friend about a year or two ago, maybe even three, <clears throat> when right around his time he started coming back out, who was in a drug program, a court-mandated drug program, and it was out in the city somewhere. I want to say it was like Harlem or the Bronx, but close to Manhattan. And so he said that the guy who's the counselor of the group looks like an everyday guy. You know, he's a good guy who's trying to get everybody to stay off drugs and, and, and um, not violate parole or probation, most likely probation. And next thing you know, one day he said, I got a special guest, the counselor. You know who comes in? Tracy Morgan. He had pictures and everything. And Tracy Morgan, they couldn't even believe it. You know what I'm saying? And Tracy Morgan was just done, uh, humble, down to earth, and just started talking to him about life and stuff of that nature. And everybody just had mad respect for him. But I was like, that's a real thing. For, and it wasn't even on the news. It wasn't nothing that he did. It was nothing that he did for, um, you know, shine or press or publicity like Jesse and other people do. He did that because that was his friend. Apparently the counselor at the program was his friend from way back. That's what he told him. And he was like, this is my friend. He's like, y'all sitting here talking to people sometimes. Y'all don't even know who they know. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, don't just use this program to get clean was the message. He's like, but also also be aware of the people you're around sometimes and the um, opportunities that are available to you. You know what I'm saying? Because they kept saying, he said a lot of niggas was asking the wrong questions like, um, when, when are you going to come back again? Or, you know, what are you doing next? He's like, you know, you worried about getting my number. Somebody even asked him for his number. He's like, you worrying about all the wrong things. He's like, what you're not realizing is you know this nigga. And this nigga know me. You don't even know who. So he gave him like a real powerful message about, you know, get up out the system. Stop, you know, stop letting drugs take over your life. A lot of you got a lot of potential. Some people was talking about, he asked them what their dreams was, my friend was saying. And they were, some people were saying, well, I wanted to start a business, but I got caught up. He's like, it don't matter what your record is, you can still start a business. So Tracy Morgan's a real stand-up guy. So it really don't matter. It, I mean, it don't shock me, I guess, is what I'm saying to hear him say that. You know, only the real people like Chris Rock, people who got common sense. You know, everybody else could go get swayed all they want to. But as far as Kim Fox goes... She could suck a dick, my nigga, because I ain't even thinking about her. Next in the news, Nipsey Hussle's bodyguard has officially retired. Wow, you know, he is distraught, and he put up a very emotional post announcing publicly that he will not any longer be um, in the body, you know, in the, I guess you could say, protecting services or for people. Now, when I thought about that, that just, it broke me, it made me sad because when you, I said in the previous episode that nobody knew where Nipsey was going that day. He did not let anybody know. He just kind of up and left. And that's the other thing. Sometimes don't, don't just leave and don't tell people where you're going. It's not about I'm a grown ass man or I'm a grown ass woman, but at least God forbid something happened. Somebody could be like, well, I remember she said that she was going to go here. You know what I'm saying? I remember she said she had a meeting today over there. Sometimes it's okay to let people know where you was at. When I was younger, because I, I told you in the previous episode, I was taught to G on point always. Like I always considered myself book smart and street smart and I didn't even have to. And there's probably stuff about the street I still don't know because I didn't experience like all of it. But at the end of the day, I used to um, 
go out with dates with guys that I just met. Me, you know, like when you want to, you don't know them like that. Meaning you didn't go to school with them. They're not a friend of a friend. You met them somewhere in public, and then now you're going out on a date with them. I used to get to wherever we were going, and I used to text my homegirls and be like, "We're eating at this spot," because I know people niggas is crazy, bitch. If I don't make it home, you can be like, "Well, he took her to this fucking restaurant." We, me and my girls, I taught them that shit. I was like, "When y'all go out, especially if a nigga you don't know, yo, send that. If y'all in a car, give us a license plate." Every fucking time I went out, niggas got license plate. I dropped dead tonight. My bitches was on the phone like the license plate number is this. Bitch was over here. Bitch was over there. But he ain't telling nobody where he was going. And he just went off. So as a bodyguard, somebody who was with you the whole time and this whole, and not only that, they were like really close friends, like damn near best friends. Like they put videos of them up and driving in a car on a road trip. Niggas are splashing mad water on each other, you know, laughing their asses off. You could tell that there was a bond there. And uh, I'm going to read his statement, but you could understand, I can understand where he's coming from because you feel like you, I want to say you feel like you almost failed, but at the same time, he shouldn't feel like that, right? Because it wasn't his fault, but yo, unresolved guilt is a real thing. Like there's nothing, there's guilt and there's unresolved guilt. Unresolved guilt will kill you. That's the shit that'll have it. I'm, I'm sure Lauren is going through unresolved guilt. Like, damn, I know he's like, cause I think she's in one of the posts before she put up the dedication to him. She was in a video with her son saying that her son was sick and she had caught the cold like one or two, two days later or whatever, she was sick as well. And she was kind of like laying in the bed. She probably was like, damn, if I wasn't sick, maybe I would have been like, where you going? Maybe she was sleeping knocked out that morning. You know, you have unresolved guilt. You be feeling like what I was saying in the last episode. What could have been done? What could I have done? And the truth of the matter is, it's nothing that he could have done. It wasn't his fault. But forever, I feel in his heart, he's going to feel like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, I should have just called him that morning. There's a lot of times people feel that way, especially when people commit suicide. Oh, boy, don't let somebody, you know, because then you're going to really feel unresolved. You're like, damn, they called me that day. I didn't call them back. You know what I'm saying? They did ask me to support them in this, and then I didn't do it. I feel like shit. And I think that's where he's at. So I'm going to read what he had to say. It doesn't make any sense paraphrasing this poor man's words. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so in a caption of a series of photos, he wrote, Never in a million years I thought I would be writing some shit like this. We haven't made a hundred million yet. We were supposed to grow old, and I call you big nose, shoot jokes on you all day. But instead I'm here in tears writing this. I wish I was there. I would switch places with you any day. The world needs you here. I'm so confused, lost, hurt. I lost a brother, best friend, a mentor. All I can see, all... I can hear you saying now to me is, if it was me, I would tell you, nigga, live your, live your life and grow. I'd tell you, finish what we started, reach them heights, you know? And that's, um, that's honestly what, uh, that made me sad. That's honestly what anybody would say, you know, even myself, you know, nobody wants to, uh, see their people so hurt that they can't move on. You know what I'm saying? And he would want everybody. It's the same message for Lauren. Like, I know she feels lost. You know, everybody feels lost. There's always, a, you know, but believe me when I tell you that if there was one thing that he could say to all of everybody, including his fans and everybody, is don't let me die in vain. You know what I'm saying? Don't let my passing away be for nothing. You know what I'm saying? If y'all is about building up the community, if y'all is about what I was doing, why I got to stop with me? You know what I'm saying? Why I got to stop when I died and took that last breath? You know, if you really believed in that cause, okay, do something in your community. I got my sister. 
Um, she out here in Valley Stream now, and my brother have a, a house out there. It's my older brothers and sisters from my father. They was born before me. I'm the youngest. They grew up together. I didn't grow up with them. I didn't find them until my 20s, even though we all knew each other. Long story short, my sister is the biggest humanitarian ever. Like, she is deep in her Haitian roots. She was born in Haiti. I wasn't. My brother and sister were in Haiti. I was born here in America, in Queens, in, in, in um, Jamaica, right? And one thing about my sister, no matter how far she comes in this world, being now that she's into media and she started her own film production company, she does documentaries all the time when she's constantly going back and forth to Haiti to specifically capture and let the world know what's going on in her community. Not only that, here in New York, and I'm telling her all the time, she has like um, GoFundMe pages. I always try to fund it as much as I can because she gets, in the wintertime, gloves and hats for the homeless. Every dollar goes to everything what she says is going to do. And also, she feeds the hungry. Like, she takes money and she makes sandwiches and they go on, like, subway night runs. And she does documentaries with them because she tries to raise awareness about things in her community, okay? My point is, some of you are saying all the time somebody's doing something for the community. Everybody can fucking do something for their community. You know what I'm saying? If you want to see your community be a better place, stop sacrificing niggas on, why gotta be one motherfucker that gotta save the whole fucking hood? Why the fucking hood can't team up to fucking save the hood? You know? One thing about the hood that disgusts me, and I hate that people don't see this shit, don't you realize all the hood do is birth another generation of motherfuckers that's gonna just be in the hood to raise another generation of motherfuckers that's gonna be in the hood? It's like that disgusting uh, cycle in Precious. Remember the movie Precious? Where um, and my other Sagittarian sister Monique played the crazy bitch mother, and she didn't give a fuck about what was going on, but she was in the hood. And as soon as pressure dropped the baby, she's like, "When you gonna take yourself down to Section Eight so you get food stamps for that baby?" It's a lot of people that's in that curse. Are they gonna? Why you think the hood don't die? Cause everybody don't get the fuck up out the hood. If everybody did what they were supposed to, or believed in themselves, or took care of each other, stopped selling drugs to one another, or dropped dead, everybody could get the fuck up out the hood. Or everybody could get up out, the, get the fuck up out the hood, be, do something with themselves. Everybody could come back and tr- contribute to that hood and be like, not in my neighborhood anymore. This ain't gonna be a crack infested motherfucking hood, you know. And that's what I think he would want everybody, you know, to do. Do something. Say something. All y'all want to do all day long is repost shit and, 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 and uh, talk about him maybe because it's trending. What are you going to do to help your motherfucking community? Are you going to do anything? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody these days be like, family first. Family first. Fam- for my, my, let me tell you something. This is what my Bible tell you. Tell me. Whether you believe or not. What blessing you going to get from loving people that fucking love you too? That's normal. Of course, you're going to love people that love you. Of course, if you, you're going to support and, and, and take care and provide for motherfuckers that you love. Duh. That's no, that, God ain't even impressed with that. What about the hungry man on the street? You know what I'm saying? I, in my community, we take care of all the homeless. All they simply, sometimes they don't even ask for money. They just say, I'm, I'm not going to ask you for any money. You know what I'm saying? But I'm hungry. I mean, they dead serious too. We know them. The community, there's people that put Bibles in their hand and hold their hand and pray with them. And one person got a job. You know what I'm saying? They, somebody said, some, somebody said um, they knew his favorite. They was going in Chinese food store. They just seen him walking around. They was like, you want the so-and-so-and-so? He was like, people just take care of one another. He's not even freeloading. The man really need help. To the point the community ended up getting him off the street. But sometimes they say to you, look, man, I ain't going to ask you for no dollar, but I'm starving. Can you just bring me something out? Yo, one time me and my friend was walking up in there. My friend said, come through. Pick out what you want to eat. Walk through the whole store. I'm not... I'm not tooting my own horn or nothing, but I'm just saying stop fucking saying to yourself family first, family over everything. Bitch, that's expected, you know? Sometimes the people that shout on family first and family over everything, that shit ain't even real. They just saying that shit just a stunt. You know what I'm saying? Ain't even, bitch, let your sister need $200 and then you be like, I ain't got it. I know people like that, but every day you turn around, family over everything. Okay, but you know what? Sometimes blood ain't always thicker than water, honey. Mm-mm. Because I'll tell you right now, 
I know more strangers that have been more family to me than fucking family. So don't give me that shit. That's how I learned to, to say that family isn't just your blood. Family to me is anybody that I loved in my entire life. Friends of foes, even chapels quanta. I, I extend my fucking family. My family is my community as well. That's why I love that I know people in my community and I love that they know me as well. And I always say like, you know, fire chapel for president at petlover.com. That's my thing. Or I always say that I'm an activist or one day I was joking and I said I'm going to run for mayor of my block. But I don't, you know, I, I'm not playing with stuff like that. Like one day I want to do something. So, I'm, you know, obviously help my sister do what she's doing. I can learn a lot from her. You know what I'm saying? Because she's already out there. But how about we all try to be a pillar in our community too? And not for no clout. I see people that do stuff for the community. Every time you turn around, there's a camera. Somebody got them on live. We just bought pizza for these homeless guys. Look, everybody's eating because of me. Um, my Bible say one hand, don't let the one hand know what the other's doing. Why the fuck you telling everybody shit like that? When you do a good deed, just do the good deed. God see in heaven and he bless you. Fuck, you got to open your mouth up. Oh, I just did this. A homeless person needed a dollar today. I gave him a dollar. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know greasy motherfuckers that deadass have all this money in their pocket. The person just, they just said, they just put a, put a quarter in the shit. Everybody, I need every dollar and I need every fucking cent, you know? So why can't we all just be like little nipsies in our neighborhood is basically what I'm saying. So to close with, um, every time I talk about this shit, man, I'm not going to lie. This shit give me. He promised Nipsey, the bodyguard, and his name is J-Rock. He ended the post by assuring Nipsey that he'd watch over his girlfriend and um, his two children. So he basically said, I got the babies and L forever. I'm done with all this shit. I retire from being a bodyguard. I love you. Hustle the great, you know? And I know Nipsey would be like, I don't want you to, uh, I wouldn't want you to quit protecting anybody because you protected me. If I had to say something to him and I had to say from this, he voice, you, what, there was a nothing. I already know, nigga, that you would have took the bullet from me. I would know that you already would have switched the place for me. But he's in a better place. Like, I believe in God. You know what I'm saying? He's not lost, man. He's not lost. It's like Michael and stuff. Like, people ain't lost. You, everybody, everybody we lost, we're going to see again. That's a fact. There's going to be a resurrection if you believe in that. Everybody's going everybody gonna to come up again. It will be a judgment day if you believe that kind of stuff, you know? Nobody's lost forever. But if you want to see your loved ones again, you know what I'm saying? You just, um... Just honor them, you know, the best way that you can. I hope he keeps the word. I'm sure he will. But I feel what, I, what hurts me the most is I know that he has unresolved guilt about not being able to save him. This is probably why he just retired, you know. But the truth of the matter is I'm sure Nipsey would be like, yo, somebody deserves you to guard their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you was there to guard. You did it. Every time you was with me, did I not get home safe, bruh? You know what I'm saying? Did you not get me back home to baby girl and the kids safe? Whatever, I had to go safe. I know that, you know. And um, I don't know, man. I just... Nigga, I feel like I have unresolved guilt and I didn't do anything. I just keep thinking what could what could have went what could have happened that could have just been different, you know. But I just feel like if y'all do not want his legacy to be in vain, you know, be be active in you all's community. You know, there's a lot of volunteer groups. Try to start off some if you can. If not, then, you know, all you gotta do is have a heart. That's all Nipsey had did is have a heart. And he was able to relate to the people. That's all you gotta do is care about humanity, my nigga. Like if you're not a humanitarian or you type of person who's just like, fuck that nigga, that ain't my friend. I don't give I don't give a fuck about my people. Then you can never do shit for your hood. And when I say when you say, Oh, my people, my peoples, you mean your people's like the the girl you're with at the time, your husband, your kids. That's a, that's a shitty way of thinking because that's just isolated to this. I'm, I, only, I only support this and I'm over here for this. Well, if it ain't my motherfucker, well, you know what? That's why you can never be a, a Nipsey bitch. See you all next time here on Chapel's Corner.